Do you like fantasy sports? If you're listening to this, we're sure you do. Are you ready for a new challenge this year? Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding the strategy of running an actual franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique and challenging experience that will test your skills as an owner and general manager. You will have complete control over your team's future. You can build through the draft, make trades, sign free agents, and manage your team's salary cap. Can you create a dynasty of champions? Sign up now at DynastyOwner.com and get started on building your dynasty. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player values. Hosted by Russ Fisher, Izzy Elkafoss, and Akash Patel. Back again with another episode of the Dynasty Trade Calculator flagship podcast. Russ, Izzy, Akash, here to use said Dynasty Trade Calculator to talk about player values, to talk about fantasy football, to talk about just life in general, right? Because you can use the Dynasty Trade Calculator just to help you live your... No, you can. I was trying to go somewhere like deep and classy and it didn't work because... I am not deep and classy, but we are here to talk about fantasy football, and that's what we are going to do. We have to talk about the most devastating news to happen in fantasy football in as long as I can remember. Well, I guess like a year ago when Gronk retired the first time, but Gronk retired again. And I just I don't know what to do with myself. We lost another top five tight ends that would have been ranked at tight end 20 because he's old and still score as a tight end like three and still get no respect because we are a bunch of ageists it's it's not right but okay let's talk about gronk because i remember joking saying what are we going to talk about we're going to say gronk retired and then akash comes in with well i want to go trade for him everywhere so we are going to talk about acquiring gronk so Akash, you said you want to acquire this guy everywhere. What's your first offer? What is the, what's the offer you're going to see what you can get away with to see if you can just go get Gronk from a team that just thinks he's never coming back? I'd be pretty disrespectful about it. I would just offer like my worst wide receiver, like go in there with just like, a, I don't know, like a Dwayne Eskridge or something, maybe gets rejected, but on the off chance it gets taken, then I just got pretty much free upside there. Like you said with Gronk, he is disrespected but all he does is put up points when he's on the field and sure he's retired now but he's done before and who's to say he doesn't come back like there's reports that if he got a call from Brady to come back he would and so if he does for that very very cheap price I can just have a dart throw that I know the second he comes back he's going to be putting up points all right what about you is how do you feel about Sir Robert Gonkowski and acquiring him for your fantasy football teams the the wise thing to do is probably try to acquire him for dirt cheap, but I don't. I'm yeah, he might come back mid season. He might come back next season. I think Akash is probably right. I just don't know if I'm gonna go out of my way to open up my leagues and try to find Gronk and then try to find like just it's almost like a waste of a minute and a half for me. Trey right. Izzy's a busy man, but for all of us. Uh, dynasty <laughs> generates who have plenty of free time go out there and send an offer for Robert and Kusky for very cheap well clocking in at tight end 60 on the <laughs> dynasty trade calculator at 0.2 points right Holy behind sh- Trey McKitty 
I mean, I think you can go ahead and maybe try a little Dwayne Eskridge, but what is the highest you would actually go? Are you sending a third for Rob Gronkowski? Are you sending a late, what feels like a late second, just to make sure you go and get that super sexy Gronk share? Who's who's doing no. that? No way. Akash no, I'm, I'm no asking way. how okay. crazy it oh, okay. is right now. Mm-mm, I'm not doing that. Maybe if it's a 25 third, but no. <laughs> I mean, I've seen trades with 2025 picks. Some leagues are crazy. I try to stay rational, but would you send a fourth? Yeah, fourth rounder. Yeah, I would. I would send a fourth for just about anybody I felt like putting on my team because pretty much it. What are you getting in the fourth round? And also you can get a fourth round without trying at any given points. Exactly. Even during a draft, you can find an easy way to get a fourth round pick. So if I Mm -hmm. can go get someone, I think like Gronk that has that chance of coming back because I mean, let's face it, this man knows how to game a system. We were talking about it before we actually started recording. I saw on Twitter that, you know, he would, he would have to do virtual training where he would have to record himself doing sprints and send it into the team where he just picked one day where he was feeling up for running and would just change his clothes after every single sprint and send the new video in every single day. Like this man knows what he's doing. All right. This is all just a, a genius ploy to avoid training camp. Yeah. Like if this man <laughs> knows how to be lazy, if he wants to be. So I, I feel like, oh, you know, week four of the preseason, he'll just be like, okay, no, I'll come back now. And it's not like the Bucks are going to say no. Right. I mean, Gr- Rob Gronkowski wants to play. He's going to, they're going to say yes. Yes, please. If anyone could just unretire walk onto a football field and immediately be a top three tight end, it would be Rob Murkowski. Because we've kind of seen him done that before. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, oh, it's Dredge Ortega Whiteside, right? <laughs> we've kind of seen him do it before. He was retired before he came back. Exactly, right? You know, jokingly, we were devastated until, you know, like he did it last time. So, man, what does that mean for the tight end landscape in general? Like, to me, that is just a statement, right? Like, and I guess that goes back to what we talked about last show when, like what that why Pitts's value is so high is because this is what a guy we could think we we know. Let's take think out of there. This guy can points per game, put up a top five tight end season without trying, without training, without anything. And ugh, that's so gross. OK, I'm going to swing this a little differently uh, that we haven't even really discussed yet. How do you guys handle the tight end position? Because I don't know if we've really full on talked about this before. Are you guys go get yourself a valuable tight end? And if not, wait until the end of whatever draft or the lowest draft picks you can trade to go stack up your Zach Ertz's and Tyler Higby's. How do you guys handle the tight end position? I shoot for upside. And if I'm not shooting for upside, it's because I have uh, already top five tight end. And that's... Oh, yeah. And this is assuming you are actually competing, because if you're not competing, usually you just don't care about tight end. So if mm-hmm. you have a team that you are ready to compete on, are you going to go or if you're in a startup? Because usually most people like to think they're going to win when they are <laughs> trying to draft a team. So like, will you go and just say, maybe not overspend, but OK, I'm going to get Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Kittle. Maybe you'll put Waller or Hawkinson up there. And if you miss, like I said, just wait 20 rounds later to go get Ertz. Or are you going to stack those middle guys like, Fant, Knox, and those like how do you feel about that, Izzy? Um the problem with me is I view the tight end premium versus one tight end relatively the same. I'd never acquire tight ends because of that. Really the only top the top three scorers matter, and I don't want to pay for the for the price 
to acquire those top three. No, why not? And then every, just because it's, I don't know, too. I mean, it's just too spendy. I mean, I. But if they're top, if they're top three, I like Andrew Pitts. Pitts is not somebody I'm going to touch. Pitts's value is very high, but for like a Mark Andrews or a Kelsey. Kelsey's thirty three. Mark Mark Andrews is probably the only one that I would actually try to acquire. Mm-hmm. But like pulling up the rankings for DTC in a startup, you have you're in a super flex league. You're looking at Deontay Johnson. Okay, never mind. I know you. I, I shouldn't have said that name out loud because that's the answer. I would take Mark. I would take Mark Andrews over Deontay. Yeah, but Deontay's ADP is closer, like Kelsey. Yeah, I was go. I was gonna go with Kelsey. Okay, uh, yeah. J.K. Dobbins, Saquon Barkley, Tua, Kelsey, Drake London, Derek Henry. Are Are you taking Kelsey in that area? Because that's. I mean, that's where you have. I know your rankings yeah, are not. It's an apt range, but but like our rankings are derived from values, value. which are derived from exactly, the yeah. actual like what we're seeing in the community, whether it be trades, whether it be ADP, it's a blend of things, right? right. Yeah. So Kelsey's in that pocket. That means that's what's happening in the overall community. Um, so what were the names again? Dobbins, Barkley, Tua, Drake London, Derek Henry, or Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, that's that's hard. I mean, I think that's I think that in the right pocket for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um Yeah, I'd probably I'd do Drake. I would take Kelsey over Drake London for sure. I take Kelsey over like Dobbins and I think I'd take Kelsey over Tua. I take Saquon over Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd probably lean Kelsey there, but it's close. I'm a big Saquon guy, you know, huge upside there. So, but the problem I don't like with Kelsey is we've talked about this before. Is I'm trading for Kelsey and now I just got to ride him out until yeah, pretty much he dies and he's still oh he's dang still, you have like, to win championships a few in a row because you have oh, a guy know. who's going to score so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he definitely contributes <laughs> to winning championships. It's not like yeah, he does seem pretty appropriately priced because we all know his age we all know that it's probably only a couple years left for him but the history of production and the value of that production above replacement to have an elite tight end who's probably a top two tight end and could easily be a top one tight end in scoring that is irreplaceable and so the value does make sense even though he's old but for how long probably give me two two years. years that's enough yeah so two years, so he'll fall off just like at the Gates Witten range, right? Mm-hmm. So do I get what I trade? What's arguably like in the pocket of a mid first for next year, so a mid twenty three twenty three first for two years of Kelsey. I mean, I think that's yeah. probably about right. Seems right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. See, for me, I would, and this is kind of what I would be actively doing, I, I would be trying to acquire like a Dalton Schultz instead. And I know we've talked about this. We have, yeah. Uh, a little bit. And I get the, uh, you know, wins above, points above replacement that Kelsey provides. But I always try to look at the guys that will get me close to that top tier without paying the top tier prices. Mm-hmm. So I would look at the, you know, Dalton Schultz's who I think could be a top five finisher at the position. Um, how close does that get him to Kelsey though? Um, yeah, it was like how many points per game? It was like four, five points per game difference between the two. Yeah, that seems I can't right. remember off the top of my head. And um, in wins above replacement, Kelsey had three times the value of Schultz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what you had said. But and then my comment was, if you have the exact same team and all you're flipping is Kelsey versus Schultz, yeah, 
Kelsey's not going to be the determining factor of winning the league because there's not enough point differential. Well, we know you guys don't like my scoring in my leagues, but it was six points between the two of them. Six points in, in a full two-point pe- premium. 175. Yeah. 175. Okay. Yeah, and Kelsey had a full yeah. win above uh, Dalton Schultz in wins above expectation, wins above a replacement. So you can add a, a win. Full you can add a win, to the, basically. To the, to your season. Yeah. yeah, sure, to your season. But I'm talking about when we yeah, we play the season, right? And that could make a difference for getting, getting a, a buy, buy and not yeah. getting a buy. And that's massive. I totally massive. agree there. But I don't think I would be willing to pay the additional premium just to give me the extra chance at like that that maybe chance of getting a buy because when it comes to the playoffs is what it matters and all of that is just a random it's a, it's a random yeah you know case of events essentially when you Pretty don't much, know but when Kelsey's going to have his big games that kind of give him that that edge over Dalton Schultz and it's just not a gamble I'm willing to make mm-hmm. when it comes to dynasty value like I'm not going to put my equity into that so I'd go after Dalton Schultz who I think will be he'll close the gap this year so I think the six points that we saw Kelsey I think that will shrink to three or four points this year I think it could widen. I don't. I'm. I'm not a big believer in Schultz as a talent. It could, but I'm giving you my opinion. Yeah, I'm giving you my opinion. My opinion is I think that Dalton Schultz will close the gap in terms of the fantasy points per game difference in a 175 premium. It is still six points, by the way, in just a regular PPR. It is still six points difference. I pulled up. Okay, just to put it out. Okay, there. so what you're trying to tell me is that tight end premium doesn't matter. The point of tight end premium is not to change the rankings within tight ends. The point of tight end premium is to change tight ends against other positions. Yeah, like in okay. non-tight end premium, Mark Andrews would probably have the value of like a wide receiver five in in uh, value to your team and wins above replacement. But if you have tight end premium, he gets up to like what was the wide receiver two last year. Not up to Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup is absolutely insane. But he gets really close to mattering a lot more. Okay, so interestingly, so that's wide receiver vi- five versus wide receiver two. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like a big difference, but it is. It's but it probably is. I mean, yeah. I, I'm curious what the point differential is. I mean, okay, the, the between one point per reception and one point seven five, Dalton Schultz had twenty four points added to his total, which again isn't really all that much. But if we are looking against you know wide receivers we are talking a difference between fitting in at wide receiver about 20 to 11 you know the point is to push up guys that you don't want to start ever in your life but you still 12 teams have to start a tight end so you make that tight end 12 be at least a top 50 wide receiver and not want to cry that that's the point of tight end premium yeah, and I just isolate it, and it's like, let's say Travis Kelsey in a one versus a one seven to five is getting you an extra two and a half points per week. Yeah, that's pretty big. It's it is yes and no. I mean, in a league total, yes. In a week, no. Just because of a random outburst is yes. what you're saying, where you could have a like a thirteen catch game essentially. Like even if like saying if he magically scored exactly two point five every single game more. That's like you, you like you say every single show. That's not the difference between winning or losing a game. Right. But over a season, over a total, it can affect your league total more. Right. Your yeah. scoring total more. 
Yeah. So like Akash is saying, it might be, I don't know what the actual win. That's right. Having when Kelsey in a one in a, in a single Titan or no premium versus a premium, how many wins does that get you having that top tight end? Yeah. And it's, it's not like, yeah, like when I said uh, Kelsey offered a full win above replacement above Schultz last season, it's not like that was just one game. It's adding like 0.1 wins of a replacement over 10 games, for example, uh, right, like yeah. in the regular season. And so that's pretty, va- that's pretty valuable. And also in the playoffs, it's not like, like you were talking about how the gap between them, you can't count on that for a single game. And I, I agree with that, that Kelsey could uh, have lower points than Dalton Schultz in any given week because it is a lot of variance week to week. But, you know, we're all guys that ha- play in multiple leagues and we're all playing portfolios. It's not like you need him to have higher points per game in that one week. It's, it's just that across many leagues, then the higher chance of him scoring more points is going to help you a little bit more across the leagues. And so you're saying that, okay, if I'm in 12 leagues and he's and maybe he helps me add like one expected championship or half an expected championship, that's a big difference because that's plus EV in terms of getting you money. Because, you know, you don't have to win a league every single year to get in the money. You just need to win one every 12 years. Or, yeah. sort of say, or like if you're in 12 leagues, you only need to win one of them. Yeah. How do we, how do we feel about Kelsey considering that, like if you, and I know we're talking about assuming that Kelsey's going to have a top, you know, tight end one finished. Do you guys think they'll, he'll finish as tight end one? Yeah, definitely could. Andrews give him a run for his money, but okay. So like he did have his, you know, fewest yard. He played the full slate of games, right? He had his fewest yards since 2017, his least amount of yards per target in his career. Do you think that these are signs of him diminishing a little bit? No, that offense no. was absolutely not what it was the year before. And not to mention... Yeah, the offense just had a lower play depth. And also, we're talking about, if we're talking reality and not on average, they just lost Tyreek Hill and didn't really gain another stud, in which case, Kelsey probably is going to be that stud. Yeah, he's always he's always been a stud. It just life finds a way for him. Okay. Do, so, the offense looking bad, how does, what is going to change this year? They're going to have to change the offense. But are they, I mean, do we know if they are? I feel, I have enough faith in Andy Reid that the answer will be yes. I have plenty of faith in, in Reid plus Mahomes plus Kelsey. I mean, we all know how good they all are. Mm. And so putting their faith in them. They're not going to put Juju or MVS or Sky Moore and put a number 10 on him and put him, make him run the same routes as Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they'll maximize their, their players at least in theory. And so it just goes back to right. Ian Malcolm's life. Life finds a way. And honestly, it's only because it's Andy Reid. If it were <laughs> like 90% of the other coaches, I would cry for the future of the Chiefs. But I have faith that Andy Reid is a better coach than them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at it and I say, okay, well, he had 134 targets last year. Yeah. With Tyreek being young. gone, how many targets does his career high is 150? So. I look at that and say, is he really going to have 160, 170 targets? I'd be fine with it going up at all. So give me 150 again, and I'm thrilled. Yeah, when you say that he had like the lowest yards since 2017, that's kind of that's like I kind of do the opposite. 
of what you're saying about the seeing a beginning of a decline. I'm saying, okay, that's his floor. Hell yeah. 1,100 yards is his floor. That's terrific. Yeah, I mean, that's assuming that he hasn't diminished at all. That's kind of the whole idea. So you don't think he has. Yeah, with a 32-year-old, he could fall off. But I would bet on him having two years left, like Russ said. You know, there's always a chance. Right, like, two, two years left of relevancy, right? Yep. But we have to say, it's not It's not like he's going to be tight end one, tight end one, tight end one, and then he's out of the league. He could be. Like, there's going to be a decline, right? Nobody just falls off of a cliff. They slowly... He could fall off a cliff. Right. I, I get that, Akash. He could <laughs> fall off a cliff. But what's most likely... No, he could also literally fall off a cliff, but you know... Yes. But what's most likely going to happen with players is that they decline in production year over year to where they become unviable. Yeah. But if he if he really only has two years left, his two years are not going to be two tight on one years and then nothing. No, that's what I would, that's what I would expect. I think. What? What do you mean? If you're no, if you if I'm talking about like remaining production, then then falling off a cliff is very much how I view it because if you're looking at a tight end one, he could fall from say tight end one and then like when he's 35, he falls to tight end 12, but that's pretty much falling off a cliff. And so I guess I'm just looking at it differently that he could just, um, I mean, it's like we saw with Andre Johnson, Julio Jones, off the top of my head, there's a lot more, but they're good until they're not. And when the end comes, you'll know it. And so for those two years, I am expecting top production years. And then it could be less than that. It could be more than that. You just think that the, the modal outcome is to say that he has about two years left of high-end tight end one production. Okay. Okay. I mean, go ahead. I, I, yeah, I disagree with the idea. That, and I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. I just find it odd that you think he'll be top tight end, top tight end, and then be tight end like 12. Like he'll fall off that much. It, it makes more sense that if you think that he has two years left of relevancy, it's like, tight end one, tight end four or five, and then tight end, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12. Like it's, there's going to be some sort of slow decline, or at least you'll see some gap in between the years. I don't think it'll be that drastic. It, it, it could happen. I just think it's an odd way to expect it to happen. Yeah. Okay. We are going to stop talking about tight ends because I don't think too many people care about tight ends like Izzy normally doesn't. But before we move on to our next topic, we're going to take a second to talk about DynastyOwner.com because it is still startup season. It is still time to say, I want to be in a salary cap contract league, but I don't want to run that, which I like, I, I absolutely fall into that. I do not want to run that, but it is so interesting. It is so challenging. It is so, if you are just tired of straight up vanilla fantasy football, this is where you go. And DynastyOwner.com is the perfect place to go that because they leverage their three patents on fantasy football to just make your life so much easier. They use real NFL contracts. They track all of it for you year to year. They just do everything to make your life so much better. And if you are worried about not being able to find 12, 36, however, what kind of league you want to run, you can go, you could just join a league, you can pick up a an orphaned team. You can almost anything your heart can desire. DynastyOwner.com. Go check it out. Go join a league today. You will not regret it. Now, we are going to talk about, we'll call it a hot button topic of fantasy football. We're going to talk about Deshaun Watson's trade value. We are going to talk about 
his value amongst other quarterbacks against some other positions. And we pulled a couple of trades. I threw them in the dynasty trade calculator because, I mean, that's what show this is. And that's what we are here to do, right? So we are going to go over a few and we are going to see how we feel about it, I guess, right? Like that's kind of where we're at just to get a temperature of the room. The first trade we have is nice and easy versus some picks. Deshaun Watson for a 23 first, two 23 seconds, and a 23 third. In the calculator right now, Watson himself, super flex 12 team, by the way, I, I'm glad I caught myself now instead of like three trades in, um, is worth 27.8 points. A first by itself is 24. A second is nine. So there's two of them. And then a third, 1.6. So 27.8 to 43.6. And I know, first of all, let's, let's let everyone else know. Dynasty Trade Calculator has this awesome button for the unbalanced trade reduction. I don't think we use this here because there is only one piece on each side that really matters in this trade to me. Like this is Watson and a first and then see how you feel about the rest. So I feel like throwing in the unbalanced isn't even really necessary, but we can if you want. Yeah, because when it. we hit when we hit this, it goes from twenty seven point eight to thirty two point seven. Yeah, I, I I would in that case like so if if it was like three firsts right in a player, I wouldn't do an unbalanced trade reduction. Right, it's it's all about the context. I view it very simply. If I have a bunch of high end assets in a trade, I'm not going to hit the unbalanced trade reduction. But if I'm starting to throw in like players that are like wide receiver threes that are stacking or a bunch yeah. of like thirds, even seconds, yeah, then you got to do it because th those players, are, I mean, it's they're not top tier assets. So we, we make that button available for people to utilize at their discretion. But the discretion should be if it's like Saquon Barkley in a first for Jonathan Taylor. I wouldn't do an unbalanced trade reduction. But if it was Saquon Barkley in five seconds for Jonathan Taylor, I would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. You yeah, that's I mean? fair. Because the way I was putting it in my head was I'm not even really like for me, this is Watson a first. And maybe if you want to talk one of the seconds. So you're right. You're absolutely right. The unbalanced trade reduction kind of does what I was doing in my head and really said it out loud incorrectly. So yes. For, Correct. Don't yeah. listen to me. Listen to Izzy. That is actually good advice for almost anything fantasy football. So just put <laughs> that out there. So let's bring it back around. Deshaun Watson, 27.8. The other side with the first two seconds and the third is 32.7. That makes it insanely close. That is less than a 23 second apart. Now that the 23 seconds are worth 6.7. So we have a difference of five. So how do you guys feel about this trade? I'm taking Watson here. Oh, and also, real quick, I didn't put it in there. All of these picks are just considered middle. Yeah. You know, because we're mm -hmm. not playing the guessing game. We just have <laughs> a mid pick. Right. We don't know what, what your team's at, so we just assume it's going to be mid. So Yeah, that's always the safest way to play it. Yep. Right. And we should probably have this conversation, too, before I answer this question. How we, how we expect things to happen for Watson is going to determine a lot of our perspective, right? So mm -hmm. does Akash feel like Watson's going to get a six game, a one year, a two year, an indefinite? Like what, what do you guys think is going to happen? 
right? And it doesn't need to be answered. It could be a rhetorical question, but that's how it should be answered based on all of these. So for the listeners, Akash, out of curiosity, because your view on what Watson is, if you're answering all these questions and the listeners might think, well, you're only expecting them to get six games and that's how you're kind of approaching this. How long do you think, and I know it could be rhetorical, but I'm going to ask you directly, how long do you think Watson gets suspended for? If you were a betting man, if you were going to Vegas window <laughs> and you had to bet on a line, yeah, I've, where would what? Or if you were setting the line, what would you set the line at? Uh, I think a year should be is like the median expectation. Um, I think like it's not impossible that he gets two years or indefinite, but really low percentage chance. And I think there's also a chance that he gets less than a year. But I think my expectation would be set at a year, and so. It's really just looking so at... So you're viewing this at a year? Yeah. So all of these all of these are in the lens of him being suspended for a year. Right. And so it's just like, okay, I'm getting getting Watson. Um, the way I'm looking at it is uh, Watson suspended for a year. And then in a year's time, I have a player who's the top eight, top five pick in startups. Okay. Okay. And real quick, Russ... You, I think we talked a little bit about this pre-podcast. You don't care how long he's suspended. It doesn't change your valuation of Watson, correct? Correct. Or your desire to acquire him. Okay. So now that we have the contact, I actually agree a lot with Akash. And did you go with Watson in this? You did, right? Yeah. So I, I too am going with Watson in this because I view it the same way Akash does um, in that I'm expecting him to be in that median, which is a year. And I look at it very simply. I now view Watson as a debut player. He's coming out in the 2023 rookie class. So if you tell me Watson's coming out in the 2023 rookie class, I'm taking him 101. Yeah, me too. So is a 23 first and two seconds, and like Russ was saying, just assume they're mids, enough for the 101 in 2023? And the answer is no. So I'm taking Watson. No. Right, yeah, exactly. The only way that it's even close is if that uh twenty three run becomes B John and even then it's like a twelve it's like a one in twelve chance. So it's like Yeah, right. So and philosophically, and I and I get this a lot of people like like Russ, where they play Dynasty to have fun and for them they don't want people with bad character on their team type of thing. And I and I get that view of it. It sounds like Akash and I don't necessarily play the game that way. No, I'm just playing to win. I'm not endor- I'm not endorsing Watson's behavior because I'm acquiring him in Dynasty. Yeah, exactly. Right? For all we know, there's plenty of other players that are doing goofy stuff that we are not aware of and we're, un- we're just adding them to our rosters. I can't imagine Watson's the only weird dude in the NFL. Um, weird, creepy, whatever word you want to use so i'm not going to go hang out with watson i'm not going to endorse watson's behavior but i will acquire watson if he becomes cheap enough because i have one goal in mind is that to win and my fun isn't linked to having a guy with bad character on my team right Mm -hmm. where russ's is so that's a philosophical thing where i respect either side of the ledger yeah so to answer i'm guessing so russ is going to say we already know russ's answers to the picks right I think if it was a 23 third, Russ would just take the pick over Watson from what we gathered. 
Do we get a head nod? We don't need a confirmation with words. A head nod would be good. <laughs> he throws his hands up. He is unsure. So we we know Russ's stance for the rest of the show. So we've laid that out so people are not confused as why Russ isn't chirping. Um, so yeah, so we both agree on that one. Russ, do we have any other trades on the Watson side? Um, well, you made a very good point that I jumped way too quickly into talking about trades. Let's. I brought up the rankings because I think this will also help insight into the answers you give going forward because we have mm -hmm. actual QBs to go up against anyway. In the calculator, Watson comes in at QB 15 at 27.8 points. Uh, so let's stay in that range. And I'm going to start a little bit higher and then I'll start reading down right now because I guess Izzy said it in a very good way. You're just talking about him as a Debbie player. Assuming he's going to miss this year, he's coming in next year. So before we jump up a tier, which appears to be Trevor Lawrence at 32 points. So we're going to start with Trevor Lawrence because I, you said his name a bunch before we started recording. Yep. To get to Deshaun Watson, we have Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford. Do you take any of them over Deshaun Watson right now? No. Maybe. No, I'm not even taking Fields. No. Not doing it. All right. So what you're saying is there is no reason to go below Watson on this ranking. So, no, not really. So it, for me, it, it's, it's de it depends on... <laughs> it, so, it always depends on if you're trying to win. Well, not not just well that that is yeah that's a very good point. If I have a team that I'm looking for and saying I'm not going to contend this year, I'm taking Watson over a lot of those guys mm -hmm. or all of them. Yeah, and I'm even going a bit higher than that too. If I if I know I'm not going to win. Yes, and if Watson is my QB three and I have two reasonable starters, I'm okay taking him ahead of all of those guys as well. If I'm a contender and Watson is my QB two, my option really comes down to. Do I acquire a cheap quarterback that I think can give me some solid product, like a Jameis Winston, for instance? He can be fantasy relevant. He can give a potential low QB1, high QB2 season if things click on all cylinders. Do I try to go at that angle? Um, so that's kind of dependent. But in a, in a vacuum, like if I'm doing a startup, and for me, startups, I don't necessarily try to win your one because everybody's got a one in 12 chance when you do a startup. I think the biggest mistake people make is they try to win your one in a startup or at least they, they build their team that way. Yeah. Just because I view it and say very simply over the course of many seasons, that's where my dynasty acumen will win out. So I can I bridge. Yeah. I can take advantage of certain opportunities to get me to have a better team down the road. Mm -hmm. When it's startup, it's, I can't, there's not enough time for me to to create that gap. Right. The only way to create points for you to, to add roster value to your team right now in startups is to trade your future picks for players to win now or just make some yeah. absolute scam deals. So, But assuming you can't pull off right. those scams, you need to trade away your futures, and that's not something I'm interested in doing. Right. So I view Watson as a... If I have a very, very active league, I will take those other guys ahead of Watson. Just because I know that I could trade those guys for Watson later on, because what's going to happen is during the season, people start just being fixated on the now. And the now increases in value, like we see with win now players and win now pieces versus future pieces. So picks are the most attainable from end of August to probably 
the first five or six weeks of the season just because everybody feels like they've got a chance or most of the league's got a chance. After that, there starts to be a big discrepancy between, okay, we know who the contenders are and we know who the pretenders are, and that starts to shift in terms of pick values. Akash, you raise your hand. You're going to step in. Yes. Well, um, I don't think that's ideal. I mean, it's possible, but there's a very real chance that the player that has Watson in season is just on the opposite side of what you were talking about earlier. And they have Watson and they have him because they know they're not going to compete. And they say, okay, I'm viewing him the same way where he has a lot more value next year. I'm not competing. I'm going to hold him. So I'm not going to take your staff for him because I'm not, I'm already not competing. And by the time I am competing, Watson's mm-hmm. going to be more valuable. There's two names we missed in there, though, or at least that I'm including in that. I'm including uh, um, Fields and, yeah. and Lawrence because Fields those are still going to be future pieces, right? Yeah, definitely. If Fields comes out and has like a very good start to the season or at least plays well all season, same with Lawrence, I could get Watson for Lawrence because that person is viewing. Yeah. You know, Lawrence says, okay, he's the future. Right? I, got a, I got a young guy. So that's kind of how I'm viewing it. So in a very, very active league, I can see having Lawrence and Fields ahead of Watson. We got to talk about Lawrence, I think. Okay, let's talk. Go ahead. And, and also Fields, but I feel a little bit more confident in Fields because he rushes more. But Lawrence last year was a legitimately very bad quarterback. And we can look at his prospect profile and say, okay, there's a chance that he makes a leap because he was a really good prospect. But we have to pay attention to the fact that he was horrible last year. He was a Sam Darnold level quarterback last year. And I know that we can't hold rookies to the same standards as every quarterback. But if Lawrence doesn't make that leap, uh, then his value is going to tank because his value installation is already pretty low. It's been dropping since what it was before his rookie year. And if he comes out next year, and let's say that he has a very mediocre season, if he doesn't leave him to the top 12 quarterbacks, he could be Tua. Tua was very average last year, and his value is going to drop. Yeah, and for, for Trevor Lawrence, it really comes down to, do you believe it was an Urban Meyer problem? Or is Trevor Lawrence not that good or a combination of both? It's probably a combination and of both. It's probably, yeah, I think it's a combination of both. I mean, this the season that he had is is not that far off from what we saw Peyton Manning year one, right? Just yeah, a lot that of was a long time ago. If he played, yeah, it was a long time ago. I wonder how long we get but, to keep using that. Yeah, and Peyton Manning was bad well, this rookie year. Well, yeah, but at the same time, we have to look at it in the context of saying, well, Peyton Manning also had a very bad organization behind him, right? At the and he had to develop into that guy that basically he changed the entire Colts franchise. I think mainly because of his talent. Then he ended up getting a decent coaching staff. But with Trevor Lawrence, he was a rookie with the worst coaching staff in the NFL. You can make a case for maybe the the Giants <laughs> have the worst coach, you know. But Urban Meyer was was bad. I mean, that was bad, from bad, Jump bad, Street. Bad, that bad. was going to be a disaster, right? So there really wasn't much for Trevor Lawrence. He had a bad he had a bad roster with bad coaching, bad offensive line play. Everything was bad. Yeah. So. If it now, if he were to go, to, if he if he did this on a on the Patriots, yes, I would. This would be bailout. I don't see any silver lining. So I think the context matters here. Now I don't have any Trevor Lawrence. I will not be trying to acquire Trevor Lawrence just because too many people are giving him benefit of the doubt, which is still elevating his his value. Definitely. So I don't really see the benefit of doing that. I don't. I don't see the opportunity to acquire him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree with you on not acquiring Trevor Lawrence, but I don't, I'm not ready to bury him 
No, I'm not burying him either. Because of the context, right? I, I'm just with you that the price is high because people are giving him excuses. Okay, let's let's pull it back. And I want to go a few names higher up on the rankings to see where Watson fits in. So okay. we ended on Trevor Lawrence and you, everyone said Watson. So Trey Lance or Watson? Take Lance there by hair. Uh, I would take I would take Lance as well. I like his situation. All right, I so mean, let's. I want to do two more because they're interesting. Because Russell Wilson, new team and old. So Russell Wilson or Watson? Russell Wilson or Watson? Yeah, the I'll go to the cop out. It depends if I'm contending or not. But yeah, I mean that. I think that's the obvious part. Um, I agree with the cop on that. Right, uh, and there's and there's no one. There's no avoiding that one. But you know, hopefully, I was hoping you guys would see past the cop out and give me an actual answer. But I mean, that, that cop out does make sense because it does absolutely. I'm just trying to give you guys a hard time. Yeah. So let's talk about it in a startup perspective, Akash. So yep. now you're not thinking about your team as a contender or pretender or whatever the case may be. Yep. So you're in a startup. If it comes around to whatever pick you are, let's call it the, the late second, early third. Yep. All right. Yep. And you have Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Wherever you would feel comfortable taking either one of those players, who would you take first? Yeah, if, if gun in my head, I'm taking Watson because I'm a similar way to you where I'm not trying to go all in year one of a startup. I'm mostly trying to build a roster value uh, down the line. And so with that mentality of not going all in in year one, uh, building that roster value with Watson seems uh, viable because he's younger. He's a better producer. You know, the the only question is when is he going to be back? And so if it is the meeting expectation that we're talking about, which is waiting a year for him in a year, like I said, he's going to be back to being a top eight startup pick. So that's mm-hmm. I'm just trying to build that roster value. Um, you know, not having points hurts, but um, second, I, I take Watson. It goes back to the cop-out. Second, I take Watson. I'm not trying to compete uh, unless he doesn't get suspended. We'll have to see how much he gets suspended right. for. So going past the age, we move on to job certainty in Jalen Hurts. I knew it. Well, he's the next guy on the list. So if you were looking at the list, you knew Same who I was thing. talking about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's just hitting uh, Go ahead, Akash. Yeah, it's a similar thing of points versus value. Where, yeah, Jalen Hurts scores more points this year. Most likely, I think it's a pretty easy assumption to make. Um, but Watson next year absolutely has more roster value. And I don't, I know some people don't care about Hurts' job security questions, but I absolutely do care about them. And this is a situation, again, where I'm taking Watson because I'm trying to build that roster value and upside. So if I had to pick one, I would take I would take Hertz just because I could I know that I could shift him to mid season, end of season, whenever yeah, I can trade him away. I guess. It, Damn it is and, and I can trade him away and I and I have a because he's young and because he's he's got the flair and the whole thing, I have twelve teams that I can or eleven other teams that will probably want to acquire Jalen Hurts unless they don't like him. Yeah. Right? Because of his age. Whereas Russell Wilson doesn't give me that same ability to do so. So I would take Hertz, even though I don't like Hertz, and I think long-term I'd rather have Watson, but I would take Hertz and give myself the ability to maybe not even, let's say Hertz comes out hot, I can maybe try to go up a rung over Watson and, and acquire a higher quarterback that may be struggling to start the season or gets hurt or whatever the case may be. Like, let's let's give you an example. Hypothetically speaking, Lamar Jackson gets hurt again. Let's say heaven forbid he breaks an ankle tears an acl whatever the case may be 
Now I can trade Hurts for Lamar Jackson, most likely, assuming Jalen Hurts is putting up relatively decent points. So giving myself that potential, I would take because now the door opens for grabbing somebody that's a little bit higher than Watson. And then the worst case scenario is I can fall back onto Watson. Yeah. So I would take Hurts. That opens up a whole another can of worms because like hypothetically, that's a lot of hypotheticals with with Lamar and and trading away Hurts. But it's but it's unknowns, right? So I'm I'm the door is open for any of the unknowns to happen. It's not just Lamar, it's any of the top guys that could essentially get hurt. But I'm still my fallback, my worst case scenario is is Deshaun. Right. Yeah. So I'm back to where we started, right? Right. But if for if you I, I I think you agree with me that in a year's time, then Watson is up there with those guys in roster value. And like we say that mm-hmm. he's up there in the, in the first round of super flex drafts, then why not just take the guarantee of Watson if you're just going to try to trade Hurts for that kind of value in the middle of the season? If if they if one of them does get hurt and to not play, then maybe you could acquire them, but then we're just back to acquiring basically just Sean Watson of not scoring points and has that roster value. And so why not? Why take the chance of Hurts getting injured maybe or Hurts not playing well or yeah. not or the person with Watson not liking Hurts or someone with Lamar not liking Hurts, et cetera? Why take that chance? Because, I, because I'm not with, with Hurts, I'm not guaranteeing for going the season where at least I still have this season if I mm-hmm. want, if I have a roster to contend. So that's where it comes okay, down to the, you know, depends on your roster, right? And all of that. that. But I'm, if I'm talking about in a vacuum, I'm leaving the ability to have this season as a potential winnable season. And if midway through the season, I realize, okay, I'm not going to win and I can acquire Lamar or if somebody gets hurt, I don't know who it would be, mm-hmm. my my window of opportunity opens potentially. You know what? You know what combination really interests me is a QB2. Like if I already have a QB1 and, and I, I have Watson or like if I'm trying to acquire Watson, acquiring someone like Tom Brady for like a stopgap to pay the, just pay the price for the points. And obviously, he's probably going to be worth next to nothing next year. But to get a top five, top eight quarterback in Superflex mm-hmm. for that, for like a future second value, and like to say, okay, I can wait out Deshaun Watson. Say like right now, Watson plus Brady. I think next year, Watson plus Brady might have more value just because Watson's going to go up. Obviously, we know Brady's going to come down, but their value together. I think you could see the uh, next year's be worth more. And so that's an interesting combination. Mm-hmm. I think even taking it a step back, because Brady is still probably going to be overvalued by the person that has him because yeah. they have him for a reason. But Matt Ryan is not a bad option because you look at it and say, yeah. it's going to be the best offensive line he's probably ever had. Definitely cheaper. He's but... got a great run game. And he has a, I think Pittman is a reasonable wide receiver one. So he has the weapon, the main weapon. Mm-hmm. He has the offensive line. He has the run game, a good structure. You don't want a team with a good run game. You want a team that throws a lot, and that's the Bucks. Well, like if Matt yeah. Ryan isn't throwing forty times a game like he was back in twenty sixteen, then he's not going to give you top five numbers. He's going to be a QB two, and then that's really easily replaceable. But with a run game, efficiency goes up, right? Efficiency goes up. Good off, yeah. Good offense means good offense in both parts of the. So, uh, like at best case scenario, he's Ryan Tannehill, but that. Still not a very good ceiling. You shoot a lot higher with Brady. Well, key efficiency top Ryan Tannehill was the top 12. Yeah, I know he was, but he was a very low QB1. Okay, we, we are getting far removed and we are but running that's what out we of want. time. <laughs> Story of my life with this show. So I want to put one more 
to Sean Watson trade on the board. And then I'm going to be selfish and I want to talk about one of my trades. So awesome. the first trade I wanted to, because this to me is, we pulled up a couple of trades, but this is the one that really, I think, tests your metal. And this is Deshaun Watson for Mac Jones and Rashad Bateman. So like you said before, we're not putting the unbalanced trade on this one. It is a two for one. It is Deshaun Watson at 27.8 for Mac Jones at 22.5 and Bateman Whoa. at 21 for a total of 43.5. So this is getting closer to paying for the value you think Watson should be held at. So, I mean, think about this from both sides. Uh, you know, you're trying to acquire Deshaun Watson. Would you give up Mac Jones and Rashad Bateman? Or yes. if you had Watson on your team and someone throws this at you, how do you feel about it? All right. Well, Akash said yes right away <laughs> that he would pay Mac Jones and Rashad Bateman. Yes, I would. Yeah. I mean, when you're oh, when you're talking about actual producers like a Russ, like a like a Jalen Hurt, even like a Stafford, it's uh, pretty hard. But when you're talking about guys like Mac Jones and Rashad Bateman, you're looking at a lot more um, hopeful hopeful. So you're looking at a lot more roster value you're than, produ than yeah. production. Right. Exactly. And so why not just take the uh, why not just project Watson for the future? Because you're hoping that you can have Mac Jones develop into a point score. You're hoping that you can have Bateman develop into a point scorer. And then so if you're going to take that chance and, and wait for them to develop, why not just take Watson and wait for that pretty much known top five ceiling? I'm not mm -hmm. a big Mac Jones guy because I don't think he has a very high ceiling. Um, and I'm not a big Rashad Bateman guy, even though I liked him as a prospect because I don't think he has a very high floor. And so uh, in this situation, I'm just looking at, like, why not just take it to Sean Watson there and pretty much guaranteed points. What if it was Marquise Brown? I'm still taking Watson. I know it hurts, okay. but, you know, you got to shoot for the upside here. Like, come on. We, mm -hmm. Neither of those guys, like, I like Marquise Brown, uh, but neither him nor Bateman nor Mac Jones is going to be moving mountains for my fantasy team, whereas Deshaun Watson is. I think I, I like Mac Jones a lot more than the cash does, and I think he's... Severely underrated. He's he's a good NFL quarterback, but it doesn't really translate to fantasy points. I feel like I feel like he could. I feel like he could be a good fantasy quarterback too. So I like Mac. I think just because he was protected last year doesn't mean that he won't flourish in years forward. We saw Big Ben early on in his career in his first season. He was protected. Tom Brady was protected. Yeah. Um, so, and you could have said after big Ben's rookie season, Ooh, uh, he'll never, you know, he's a good quarter NFL quarterback. He won a super bowl, all that, but I don't see him being the man. And, and big Ben was a very good fantasy quarterback for a very long time. I can see Mac Jones being that. That's... So I'm in on Mac Jones. I think he's undervalued. He should be, he's one of the easily, you should be acquiring Mac Jones in dynasty because of where his value is relative to age, relative to the structure of the organization that he's on and i i think the talent is good enough to be there like he's i would say from a floor perspective i would put him in the Derek carr range so i would take the floor of Derek carr with the ceiling of a of a matt ryan in this situation so i'm looking at it now ben roethlisberger took until he was drafted 2004 it took until 2009 for him to have a season above 20 points per game Okay, and so that, that's I I do agree that we have those players like Ben and and Brady, and that they earn more volume as their career progresses. And in some senses, volume is earned for quarterbacks. If you show you're a really good quarterback in the NFL, 
your team will grow to let you pass more like a Roethlisberger or a Brady. But is it worth waiting multiple years for that to happen? Because I don't think the change is going to be overnight. I think it could progress yeah. to that, but is it worth waiting that long? Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's a great great point. I don't we don't know when it's going to happen for Mac Jones, but I think it will happen for Mac Jones. Does it happen in year two? Does it happen in year three? I'm not 100 percent sure when that'll happen. I don't think if it'll happen. The NFL is what it is today. Like it's different today. So mm-hmm. back in 2004, five, six, seven, you could get away with just running the ball because that's what the league was. Right. You can't do that now. So if Mac Jones takes five years to develop into a quarterback that you can rely on, it, it's they're going to run out of patience. Right. So I don't think that's gonna be the concern with mac jones yeah it'll have to happen within the next couple of years or else it's not gonna happen mm. and if you're gonna play the waiting game why not just wait on deshaun watson but i don't think so in my personal opinion on mac i don't think we're gonna have to wait i think we're gonna see enough progression out of mac jones this year to where we can look and say now he could be taking that next step into 2023 and i look at this and say would i rather have mac jones and bateman over Bijan right now and i think Bijan and Watson are in that same pocket. I'd rather have Watson over Bijan, but yeah. I'm looking at it as the 101. I like Mac Jones enough to say yes. I don't like but him I can as much. See, yeah. yeah, I can see why somebody would want Watson. So I'm going to take the Mac, and I love Bateman, obviously. So I'm going to take the, the the Mac Jones-Bateman side here. I'm not, not, with a bull, not with a bullet. I do like it, but I can see the Watson side. Yeah, there's a lot of players that I'm a big fan of trading down and, and diversifying, but there's a lot of players in fantasy football that don't matter for your teams. I mean, they matter a little bit, but in the grand scheme of things, they don't yeah. really matter. And Watson's one of the players that does matter a lot when he plays. And I think mm-hmm. that you're probably right. Things that a lot would have to change for Mac and, and Bateman. Not a lot, but you'd. Akash with the hard truth on players yeah. in fantasy football. All right. Yeah. So I, 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 but I, but I get it. So I will flat out say, I'm taking the side because I like Mac Jones and Bateman, and I I view them, I expect them to be a lot higher in terms of their their value and production than most. But the right answer is probably what you're saying. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Like wide receiver twos and threes don't really matter, and QB twos don't really matter, and they're easy to replace. And so top five quarterbacks, a lot more appealing to me. Yeah, you're probably, like I said, you're probably right, but I... I'm just fixated on those two players. I like them a lot. <laughs> okay. Are we all? So, we all have those players. We all okay, have those players. So, so speaking of loving players, I love the players that are on my team. And this is part of my problem in this trade that I want you guys to help me out with. I have a team that it's good. It's probably a playoff team. It is absolutely not like, look at this team and oh man, this guy's going to win the championship. So it's a good enough team. I'm not rebuilding. I got offered J.K. Dobbins for Chris Olave and Jahan Dotson. And I rejected it. Now, here's the weird thing. If you told me before the rookie draft that I could get J.K. Dobbins for like the 108 and the 112-201, I would have smashed J.K. Dobbins. But now I see these two names, and I'm just like, I kind of don't want to do this, so I didn't. But like, was I? am I wrong? Am I crazy? Because like to me, before the draft, Dobbins was probably worth Brees Hall, in my mind. Like Dobbins is up there. I, I've always been a very big Dobbins fan, and that might be playing into putting him that high up. But now with hearing that he might not 
be ready for the start of the season, regardless if that was real or not. I don't know, because we still haven't really seen him do anything. But I think I just kind of latched onto names in Olave and Dotson and thinking that they are good enough to not saying they're both going to walk in and be top 12 wide receivers, but I think they can both increase in value, which is enough for me to have said, I don't think I want to do this right now. So how do you guys feel about J.K. Dobbins for Chris Olave and Jahan Dotson? I'm taking the wide receivers there. I'm not a big J.K. Dobbins guy. I, I think he's probably a good NFL talent, but it's really hard to rely on yards per carry like you kind of have to do with him. Uh, six yards per carry last year, not last year, the year before his injury in his rookie year. It's good, but it's not sustainable, I think, over the, like when you have a player like that and the, like, the most likely outcome for them is they probably regress closer to the league average and they have like 4.7 or to 5 yards per carry, which is still good, but you kind of need extremely efficient production from Dobbins as well as in the touchdown department um, in order for him to have to, to really matter. Um, and so the, another concern I have for him is obviously the injury, but then also his receiving work, where his 6% target share in his year is... It's not the worst. It's not like he's, uh, it's not like he's Rashad Penny, but he's like barely above Nick Chubb in in that department. And so, without a lot of receiving work, you're really going to need a lot of, uh, a lot of rushing work or a lot of touchdowns or probably both to matter. And so, splitting time with Gus Edwards and with that injury, I think I'm lower than Dobbins and a lot of people. And I'm taking the wide receivers there because, you know. But, I don't love either one of them, but they're both first-round wide receivers, and they have upside. How do you feel, Liz? I don't know how I feel about this. This is this one's probably a one where I... So I'm a big believer in if I don't love one side of the trade, I, I wouldn't make it. Exactly. Yeah. And this is one mm -hmm. of those where I can... I, I don't have a firm belief in either one of these sides. I like Olave. I like Dobbins. I think... Dotson's undervalued. Uh, I think the entire community is pretty low on him relative to draft capital and the situation he's in and all the you know early rumblings and all of that. The one case that you could make is that even though having a high end running back is more valuable than having what we expect with Watson or with um, Olave and Dotson, they're probably more like high wide receiver, high end wide receiver twos as their as their ceiling, ceiling ish, yeah. right? Whereas Dobbins, if the ceiling is much higher from relative to his peers at the running back position. So he could be a top six, seven, eight running back if things fall into place. He's got the ability and the opportunity to do so. I think things would really so, need to go right for him without a lot of receiving work there. Yeah. And it would need like a, I don't know, like 70, 65, 70% of carries. Baltimore running backs score touchdowns. They always have. Yeah. But Olave and Dotson, I don't think have like, I don't see the, the league winning potential. I think they can help, you know, solidify a good roster. But the, a running back that could be a wide a RB1 in a high volume offense is always going to give you that league winning potential if things fall into place. So... That's that side of it. And then the other side is, well, then I do you rather take the two shots? Because now I'd rather I'd rather have Olavi and Dotson over two chances of having a high wide receiver two, low wide receiver one versus one shot at a running back that we still don't know if he's got the potential to do that. Like, yep, 
we're, we know the ceiling is there, but will he fulfill his potential is better better way to say it. Right, yeah. If you're not unsure about either side, you should probably take the side with more pieces and lean into the uncertainty Correct. that there is in fantasy football. And that's where I was going with it. I don't love either side, but if I had to pick a side, I would take the two, you know, even though they say one in the hand is greater than two in the bush at this point, but we don't even know if Dobbins is the one in the hand. That's right, yeah. Right? We've seen enough for him to get us excited, but not enough for us to say he is the man because they're still going to use multiple running backs. Lamar Jackson still eats up too much of the running production. So is he just going to be a very good running back that's going to be a RB2 in an offense, or will he transcend into that next tier and be an RB1? I don't know. So the the right answer is probably Olave and Dotson. If it's a, I will say this, if it's a 10, 11, 12 stardom league, I'm taking Dotson and Olave. If it's a shallower start eight or nine, I'm just going to take Dobbins. Right. Well, it is a start 10, so thank you for the vindication. And on that note, at Dynasty Outhouse, at YZR underscore fantasy, and at DTC underscore Izzy E, we are the Dynasty Trade Calculator flagship podcast. We are out of here. We'll see you next time.